manifesting says you do not attract what you want. You attract what you are. You attract at the level of the vibration that you are putting out. So if you're hoping for, dreaming for, wanting a certain thing, all the masters say, you have to act as if it is already yours. Go through life as if your blessings are already covered, as if your bills are already paid, as if the opportunities are already showing up. That's what attracts more to your life. It's a really hard practice to get a hold of. I think like the most basic level, if you've never done this before, start with just calling your shot. Start with knowing what it is you want. Start with being crystal clear to God, the universe, whatever you believe in. This is the thing that I want to attract to my life. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I am in Los Angeles. I came here because I have a full week of podcast interviews and my podcast interview for today got sick. So I was in the hotel room and I was like, okay, well, we have a couple of hours before the afternoon meeting. So what are we going to do with this time? And I am for sure should be writing, uh, but I don't want to do that right now. I'm going to record a podcast instead. And hashtag avoid the thing I'm supposed to be working on. Uh, but it's okay because this is also my job. So it feels fine. I am really hoping that the audio for this sounds okay because I forgot to bring uh, headphones to be able to hear, but we're going to go for it and assume it's all happening the way it's supposed to. So when I found out my interview got canceled, I was a little bummed because it's someone I really am excited to talk to. And I know you guys are going to be excited to hear from her, but I'll wait until it actually happens to tell you who it is. I was sitting here in my hotel room and I was like, what can I do with this time? How can I utilize this time that I have? What can I create a podcast about? And... I have all sorts of ideas. It's the start of a new year and I know the things that do really well. People tend to love productivity episodes. You love goal setting episodes. You love anything that's like, it's a new year. It's a new day. Let's conquer this thing. Let's do it all. But I feel really compelled to do an episode about manifesting, law of attraction, the life that you're creating, the reality that you're creating, all of those things. And I've definitely spoken about this before, but I just feel the need to do it for a new year because 
Well, one, I think it's a great reminder as you start your new year off. But two, there are a lot of new listeners. I'm really pumped and excited about how many new listeners are up in the mix. And I want to make sure that we've had this conversation, you and I, if you haven't heard me talk about it before. I go into a lot of detail in episode 222, if you want to scroll back and go listen to that. But essentially, I'm just sort of going to give you my perspective on what we're attracting and what that looks like and how to manifest a life that you really love. Now, I guess let's start with the fact that manifesting, law of attraction, these things have been around forever, but they're really trendy. In the last couple of years, they're a really trendy topic and kind of everyone has stories about them and YouTube is filled with videos and there's so many teachers who are more wise on this subject than I am. But even though I didn't have the language for what this was, I really feel like intuitive manifesting or intuitive law of attraction, doing these things without knowing that's what I was doing is a big reason that I've experienced the success that I have. If you have read my books or even watched videos that I've made before, oftentimes I would say, oh, my imagination is a huge reason why I'm so successful. My imagination, my imagination. Since I was a little girl, long before I ever had a nonfiction book like Girl, Wash Your Face, I was writing fiction. I have been writing fiction since I was little. And I have a really vivid imagination for good or ill. I would always imagine like grand scenarios for myself. I, When I was little and my parents would be screaming at each other or there would be like dishes breaking against the wall, I would go into my room and I would hide, not hide from them, just sort of hide from the chaos and the how scary it was to be out there. And I would go get in bed or I would go, you know, sit. There was a spot between my bed and the closet. I'd like sit in this little nook and I would just take myself out of the situation that I was in. And I think a lot of you, if you come from homes where there was trauma, that it's possible you also did the same thing. What I didn't understand was that those visions that I had, those uh, my imagination, this idea of like what's going to be next, what's going to be the future. In the future, I'll have control. I'll have my own home. I'll be able to create my own life. That was the seed that would take me on a path to lead me where I am today. That was the law of attraction. That was manifesting things into my life, but I didn't really have the language for it, even though I was doing it. And I want to talk about it as we start off this year, because it really is a mindset. I know if it's not something you're familiar with, it might seem woo-woo. It might seem ridiculous. It might seem counterintuitive to what you were raised to believe, but it really is this massive shift and this massive tool in changing the way that you interact with this world around you. Because I think a lot of people are like, if you read The Secret a million years ago or you've seen that documentary, I think there are some parts of that movie or that concept that are interesting. And then I think some parts are 
a little ridiculous, but just the kernel of the idea that is in that is a really good one for you to consider. And you don't have to buy into every part of it, but I don't know how a rational, logical human could argue with the mentality that the energy and the attitude and the perspective and the view of the world that you bring to the world has a huge part to play in what you get back from other humans, from interactions, from opportunities. I mean, we've all had moments where you're having the best day, right? It's your birthday or you just got a promotion at work or you just landed a client or you just landed this, you know, opportunity, something big happened and you're like in the best mood and you go out in the world and like everyone's having a great day and you're like, God, people are so nice and they're helpful and they're like opening doors and they're letting you in traffic and like everything's working for you. On the flip side, I'm sure we've all had days where it sucks and it's hard and maybe your hormones are out of whack and you're having a really hard time controlling the way that you're feeling or maybe you your boyfriend dumped you or you just got in a fight with your sister or your boss is a jerk or fill in the blank. Something has happened that's put you in a bad mood and you go out in the world and it's like everything that you see and interact with every person just reinforces your bad mood. Everyone's a jerk. Traffic is hard. Like it all just keeps stacking up to align with the view that you have in that particular moment. I have to believe that every single human being has encountered that. It's not a coincidence. It's not that you're having a bad day. It's not that you're having a great day and everyone else around you is having a great day. It is the vibration that you are putting off into the world is what you are getting back. That is the law of attraction. The idea that what we are sending out into the world is what we get back from other people. It's why a gratitude practice is so freaking powerful. It's why everyone talks about it. Because when you are setting yourself up to practice gratitude and to feel grateful for what's happening in your life, magically, magically, I'm using air quotes if you can't see me, magically, you find more things to be grateful for. The idea for this episode came because I saw something that was trending on TikTok, I think, that was the quote, lucky girl syndrome. And I didn't even need to watch the videos to know what that person was referring to because that shit is real. It is real. It is real. It is real. Not everyone's circumstances are the same, obviously. There are so many people in this world, which means there are so many different stories and narratives. We don't all have the same access. We don't all have the same resources. We don't all have the same ability to move in the world with ease, without pain, without hardship. Like All of that is true. But this concept of like the way you act, what you believe, what you put out, what your mindset is, is a huge part of what you're attracting. It's y'all, <laughs> I swear, 
It is so real. And even if you call it different things, maybe your religion calls it something different, maybe the way you were raised calls it something different. If you have not experienced this before, just listen to this episode. I'm going to give you some ideas, some tips, some hacks, some things that you can try and freaking try one. Try one of these things for the next week, for the next couple of weeks. I, it won't even take that long. You will see a difference in the way that you go through the day and the way that strangers interact with you in the opportunities you get, all of it. Just like, just try it. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Now, if you have had this attitude before, worked on attracting goodness into your life, thought about the law of attraction, thought about manifestation, thought about all of those things, if you've done that before and it's worked, then This conversation that you and I are having, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the podcast, is to remind you to get back into that mindset. I say this because I need reminders to get back into my higher state. The holidays takes it out of me. The holidays takes my best self, my highest level self. I hope that someday, probably when my kids are older, that I can get through the holiday season and feel like I'm still operating at my highest spiritual levels and connecting with God in the way that I want to and like practicing and being the person I want to and meditating every day and like doing all those things. But there's something about the holiday season that always throws me off. And then I get into New Year's. I love a new year. I love a goal. My birthday just happened. I turned 40. I was so excited. But then if you listen to my episode last week where I did a check-in on my current life, I've had a really hard start to the year because I was going to say like, please don't roll your eyes at this, but I think most of you will get it. My dog was very seriously injured and is still very seriously injured and still not out of the woods. And every day is a full care for him and m- making sure he's okay. I, If you don't have dogs or cats or pets, 
maybe you will roll your eyes because it seems like not a big deal, but he's like a kid. And so it just was a hard start to the year. Lots of you, I'm sure, had way harder things happen. But this was this like sort of clunky, awful thing that's still not better. You know, if you listen to that episode, he like, because it happened in his neck, like dogs can't keep their neck still. And he, um, his wounds keep reopening. And it's just, it's been really awful. And been awful mostly because I haven't had a day where I'm like, okay, he's going to be okay. Like I'm for sure that he's going to be okay. We haven't had that yet. And so my higher level self, you know, she's easier to achieve when I'm not dealing with an all day stress like that. All of that to say, I go through the holiday season and I feel a little disconnected from those vibrations and maybe you're feeling like that too. So that's what this episode is for. It's for me and it's for you to reconnect with this truth. And this truth is that we cannot control what happens in the world around us, but we can control our reaction to it and we can control our mindset. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean that we are able to control our mindset or our reaction. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're too stressed out. Sometimes you don't have the resources that you need. Sometimes you're completely depleted. All of those things are true. But even if you don't get there, it is a possibility. And there's no way that you are watching this video or listening to this conversation if you are not working on something. You're working on a goal. You're working on a dream. You're working on becoming a better version of yourself. You're working on maybe a very small area of your life, but you're working on something. I don't tend to attract people into my sphere who aren't like at least a little curious about making their life better in some way. So if that's the case, I'm just going to challenge you. I did this in episode 222. I challenged the audience to just try one of these ideas. And the overwhelming response I got from people was so cool. So I'm hoping that this helps you too. So there's all kinds of stuff that you can find about manifesting, the life of your dreams, the goals, the things that you want all of it, more money, the love of your life, la, 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 la. There's so many things. YouTube is a freaking wealth of information on that subject. But here are a few ideas as you start this new year. The first thing that will fundamentally change everything about how you view the world and what you get out of it, all of it is to shift your perspective from believing that life is something that happens to you. Most people think life is happening to them. This traffic is happening to them. My dog is hurt. That's happening to me. My partner broke up with me. That's happening to me. Things are happening to me. They think life is happening to them. What's super dangerous about that is 
when life is great and everything's going your way, then you're blessed, then you're lucky, then you're this, then you're that, then all of these things. And it's like out of your control because the flip is also true. When you believe that life is just something that's happening to you, then the hard stuff feels like things that you don't have control over. Your boyfriend being a toxic piece of shit, you don't have control of him but you certainly have control of why you're in this relationship, what's going on, why do you keep putting up with that? This is not to blame you for his behavior, but you are in control of the decision that you make today about whether or not to stay in that place. If you believe that life is happening to you and you have a job that you hate, like a dead-end job that you hate, but you're like, well, this is my lot in life. This is what I got. No. If you understand that you you have control, the world will try and convince you that that's not true. So many things are stacked up to convince you that you don't have a choice in the matter or that this is the road that you're meant to take and you don't get to, no, no. You are meant to be the captain of your own ship. You are meant to be the hero of your story, not someone else's. But God, you better be the hero of your journey. If you think that life is just something that's happening to you, it's so easy to be attacked by life because life is freaking hard. But here's the shift. If you can shift from life is happening to you to life is happening for you, It's everything. I've talked about a lot the pain of losing my brother, of what it was like growing up with an older sibling that was battling depression and uh, schizophrenia and paranoia and all of these things. And then losing him and the trauma of what that experience was like for me. I've talked about this a ton. But it would be so easy for me to see that experience as something that happened to me. It's a crazy thing to say because I don't think that everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that you can find meaning in everything that happens. And pretty early on in my life, like before I was 20, I definitely was looking for meaning in losing my brother because I needed something to cling to. And you might think that that's like an opiate for a a hurting girl, but fuck it. It helped me. It helped me to just go like, was there any part of this that I can find meaning in? And I found meaning in you know, it made me stronger. It made me more empathetic. It made me, it gave me some tools. Like, wish I didn't have those tools, but like it gave me tools that I ended up writing about in a blog and later writing about in books and later speaking about on this show. So there were things like, this is the journey. And if I believe that there was meaning in even the hardest things, 
then it changed the way that I looked at even hard seasons. And it wasn't until years later when I heard someone say this concept, like, what if life isn't happening to you? What if life is happening for you? A bomb went off in my brain. Because if you believe that life is happening for you, you have to believe that full stop. You can't cherry pick the parts of your life that are for you and say that the stuff that you don't like isn't. And it's brutal to go through awful times when you're the person who has said, oh, well, life's happening for me, life's happening for me. When you make mistakes, when you have failures, when you're going through a breakup, when you've hurt somebody, when you've done something awful or something has happened to you that was awful, but you believe that things are for you, it's really hard because you want to be like, well, F this. Like, I thought that that thing, you know, running the marathon like that was for me, but this breakup, this, this can't be for me. The only way those seasons are recognizable, I think, as for us, is when we look at them in hindsight. When we can see in hindsight, oh yeah, that did suck. But damn, if I hadn't gone through that breakup with him, I would never have met this person who actually was the right partner for me. You know that old saying like, your rejection is God's protection. I believe that all day. And when you can adopt that kind of philosophy, you start to bounce back from stuff so much faster. When you can adopt a philosophy of, oh yeah, I must not have gotten that opportunity because something better is coming along because life is happening for me. So even the hard stuff is setting me up for something great later. Every single part of it is molding you and shaping you and helping you become the person that you want to be. So that shift, life is not happening to me, life is happening for me, gives me at least the opportunity to see every single part of my day as unfolding for me. And if I believe that everything in this is unfolding for me, then I am constantly looking for what I'm meant to do with this moment, even when things go wrong. I'm using air quotes if you can't see me. Even when things go wrong. Like right now, I get to make this episode for you guys. I was meant to be doing an interview with someone else, but I assume that this was actually the way it was always meant to go. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store.
I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, Auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I was going to get coffee, my favorite place. I There's a coffee place in LA, if any of you live here, called Verve. It's my favorite. They're in more than one location, but all of them are amazing. The people who work there are amazing. The coffee's delicious. I just, huge fan. Anyway, so I was really excited today because I had a pretty big meeting. I'm going to talk to you about it in a minute, but I had a pretty big meeting this morning And I thought, oh, I had like a whole plan. Like, okay, well, on the way to the meeting, I'm going to stop by Verve and I'm going to get an iced Americano. It's going to be a little treat. And then I'm going to drink it on my way to the meeting because that'll take about 30 minutes. And then by the time I get to my meeting, that coffee will be kicking the way that I need it to. And then I'll be like bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to go for this very important meeting that I got to have. And I went over and this is sort of getting to my next point about this idea of like lucky girl syndrome. I'm going to get there in a second. But I always have a parking spot right out front. Always. I don't care where I'm going. I don't care what I'm doing. There is always a parking spot for me. Roll your eyes. I swear to you, this is how most people begin to notice. I swear, I swear, I swear. This is how most people begin to notice manifesting and attracting things into their life. It starts with little things. It starts with parking spots. I read this years ago and I just decided to try it. Ask my friends, ask my boyfriend, ask my kids. There's always a parking spot for me. And in fact, when I'm driving anywhere and I know it's going to be a little bit hinky, like what's what's the parking situation going to be? I, you know, West Hollywood, going to Verve, like it's going to be a situation I'm always thinking about like, oh, can't wait till I get there. I'm going to have a parking spot right out front, like super duper easy. I'm just, I'm manifesting that that's going to be true. And I swear, I swear to you, it always works. And if I get to the place 
and there's not immediately within my eyesight an easy parking spot, I'm, I always think, oh, it's because someone's about to leave. Always. So today I'm like, okay, where's my parking spot? And then I see just right across the street from Verve, there's a little parking spot, pull up, get out to go pay my meter and discover that this particular meter is not available for parking during the weekday. It's only available on the weekend. And it was like a loading zone and I probably could have gotten away with it, but well, number one, it's West Hollywood. They don't love anything as much as they love giving you a parking ticket that costs like a thousand dollars. And two, I was like, no, it's fine. If this isn't available, it's because there must be something. So I do a little, a flip a bitch, as we used to say in high school, flip around, come to the stop sign, and literally right in front of the coffee place, a car pulls away. And I just do another flippy, flippy do, pull right in front. And I'm just sort of smiling to myself because I'm like, oh, of course, how lucky. This is amazing. Always got my parking spot go to pay my meter, 42 minutes left on the meter. Fantastic. I love that too. Cause I was like, well, I'm only going to be here for like eight minutes. So someone else is going to get some good time on this meter as well. But I always assume whether it's a little thing like finding a parking spot, like getting into one and then realizing, oh, that's not going to work. I always assume, oh, it's cool because something better is coming. So you practice this in little ways and then you start to manifest it in even bigger ones. When the person canceled today, I was like, oh, it must be because we're going to have an even better conversation later on and I get to do the solo episode for you guys. I remember for years, for years, I swear this is true. You know, Oprah is my hero. I've loved her since I was a little girl for years. I would be at events and I would walk into the room and they'd be like, oh my God, did you see Oprah? She was just here. And I'd be like, what, where? Or I remember going to the Oscars one year and she was there. I just, I wanted to see her in person. I never had seen her in person and I wanted to see her. And she was like sitting in a, I was up in like a high balcony and she was like in the balcony. So basically I could have seen her anywhere in the room except for exactly where she was underneath me for years. I would be at events and she would have just left or I would find out later that she had come after I left. And like, I just, I was like, this is nuts. But I decided at some point that the reason I had never met her or seen her in person was because when we finally did meet, it was going to be something really special. And it was. I actually just did a, a little episode not too long ago about the incredible lesson that I learned from her, if you want to go listen to it. But essentially, I ended up having the most amazing experience when I got to do an opening keynote for her when she was on tour. And then we hung out in the dressing room. And it was so amazing. And that being my first interaction with my hero, I promise you was a million times better than me maybe getting a fleeting glance of her at some random industry event. So I just always assume that if it's not working, it's not working yet. It's the word yet. It hasn't worked yet because something even better is on the way. Someday you're going to meet the person that makes you understand why nobody else worked out before them. I believe that. The question is, do you believe it too? Because whether or not you believe that is going to be 
a huge determining factor in the kind of partner you're attracting to your life. I am looking for a place here in LA. I have to come here a lot for the podcast. I, I come here a lot for interviews. And it's much easier, as you can imagine, it's much easier doing in-person interviews with people in Los Angeles than it is in Austin. I like to think that I'll have a show that's so massive that people will happily, you know, go out to the country in Austin, Texas to talk to me, but we're not quite there yet. So I'm looking for a studio, uh, like a house in a studio that when I'm in town, I have a place to stay. And also it can be where we record. And I've been looking for months and months and months. And a big problem is just everything that there is available for rent is like, it doesn't have a lot of soul. You know, in LA, I don't know if you've, if you've given Zillow a, a gander in Los Angeles, it's a lot of these like, what would have been a cool old house, but then they knocked it down and built like a weird boxy mini mansion thing. And there just isn't a lot of soul. And it, bums me out because every time I come to town, I'm in a hotel room and then we're looking for studios to shoot in. And it's a, it's a big pain. But I always have this like instinct to like, oh, I'll just go rent whatever. It doesn't matter. To, like, let's just get a play. And I'm like, no, I feel guided that some amazing space is going to show up. That the most perfect centrally located beautiful little house that is going to be gorgeous natural light for shooting video and doing interviews and it's going to be this space for conversation and like meeting cool people and like all of it I just every time that we'll find a place and like we miss out on it or we think something's going to be good and then we go see it and we're like this sucks I just assume it's because something great is on the way Maybe that takes six months. Maybe it takes a year. I don't know. But I believe that everything is happening for me. Going through like public failure, which I've talked about so many times, so hard, so debilitating at the time, felt insurmountable at the time, felt like how could I have fucked up like this? How could I have failed in such a massive way? How could I have done, like all of that stuff. But my God, what I learned in that process, who I've become in that process, frankly, having a thicker skin in that process. I mean, I don't know how you can, in this day and age, put yourself out into the world in any way if you are not constantly reconnecting with your values, who you are, what you believe, why you are doing this work, all of those things. That is a lesson that I learned through getting it wrong. I bet a lot of us have stories about an ex that we're like, holy shit, that was a thing. But if we hadn't gone through that thing, we wouldn't know how good good could be. I always assume that it's happening for me. You work to shift your perspective that life is happening for you, not to you. 
And again, the best way that I know of to do this is by looking backwards, by identifying how things that have happened in the past were happening for you. It helps if you can look at times where everything felt really hard, it felt like things were falling apart, but your perspective now would tell you that things were actually falling apart so that a new foundation could be built so that you can become a new and different version of yourself. The second concept, the second thing that I want you to take into this new year and potentially consider trying is, I'm using air quotes again, the lucky girl idea, the lucky girl mentality. This works if you're a boy, this works no matter how you identify. Just changing your perspective that you are the luckiest person on earth. And how I know that you can pull this off is because most of us are trained to believe that the opposite is true. How many times have you heard someone say, with my luck, with my luck, I'll probably get a flat tire. With my luck, the traffic will be terrible. With my luck, I heard Wayne Dyer say this years ago. He's like, why would you ever say with my luck, but not follow it by something affirming? Like, well, with my luck, I'll probably win the lottery twice. With my luck, I'll get offered the job of my dreams. With my luck, I'm about to meet my new best friend at the 7-Eleven. With my luck, I'm probably going to go out tonight and find the partner of my dreams. How you talk about your life is hugely impactful to the kind of life that you have. Period. Full stop. Our words have incredible power over what we believe and how we see things. Is the cup half full or is the cup half empty? How you speak about what's happening to you shapes how you believe it. And it's why affirmations are so popular. It's why affirmations work so well. Again, go watch YouTube videos with people who are much smarter than I am explaining the power of an affirmation, not just the woo-woo power of an affirmation, but the psychological power of an affirmation of speaking your desired outcome into existence. The lucky girl idea is the same thing, is that you believe you're going to get parking spots, is that you know that you're probably going to find $10 as you're walking down the street, is that you are just positive that something great is going to happen today. When you have that perspective, the great thing that happens might be that you see a bird get a french fry and it's the happiest bird ever and you experience this like cute moment with nature. That could be the great thing that happens today. Or the great thing that happens today could be that your best friend tells you that she's pregnant or that your kid got the part in the play that they were going out for. Like when you believe good things are going to happen, good things happen because good things are always happening. The difference is that now you notice them. And when you are guiding yourself towards noticing, being lucky, being blessed, experience goodness, it starts to grow. It's the craziest thing, but it starts to grow. Yeah, it's essentially, you know, we talked about the law of attraction. The lucky girl idea is the law of assumption. You assume the good things are going to happen, and they do. You assume that it's all going to work out, and it does. You just assume. 
I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw Tom Hanks, like an old conversation he had had that someone was like replaying where he was talking about this too shall pass. He's like, you know, those moments where everything's going perfectly and you think you figured it all out and everybody gets you and loves you and it's awesome. This too shall pass. And also the hard parts, the crappy parts, the parts that suck, the times in your life where you feel so confused and like you're failing and everything's going wrong, this too shall pass. I love the reminder that life is long. And if you're not figuring it out right now, if it's not working out right now, but you assume the law of assumption, you assume that it's going to work out in the future because life is happening for you, it gives you hope in the present. See, people get all fired up. People have way too much time on their hands and lots of things to feel frustrated about, I guess. We'll get really fired up and try and like take on like manifesting or like the law of attraction or this is like not biblically aligned or this is not whatever. They try and find fault with this, but I don't find, like believe whatever you want to believe, but I don't understand of all the problems that we face in this world, of all the hardship, of all the children who will go to bed tonight without food, of all the people who will sleep on the streets in your town, that this is what you're using your energy for is to attack the concept of attracting goodness into your life. I don't understand how this idea could possibly be hurtful. It's gratitude. It's speak it into existence. It's imagination. It's the power of prayer. But I suppose the difference in this is that you are having absolute faith in it working out in your favor as opposed to saying a prayer and hoping that things will change. Which brings me to the third concept when it comes to manifesting and you manifesting new, exciting, good things into your life. And that is acting as if. Now, I've studied this concept a lot. Once I knew it had a name, I've studied it a lot from Dr. Wayne Dyer to Eckhart Tolle to Esther Hicks and Abraham Joe Dispenza, like if someone has talked about manifesting in the last 20 years, I've read the book or watched the YouTube video or done whatever I can to understand their perspective of how it works. But the people that I would identify as sort of the master level thinkers, the the teachers that are most wise, not, you know, new YouTubers who are exploring the subject, which is very important and in a lot of ways exactly what I'm doing right now, but like the people who have studied this for decades, the one fundamental through line they all have to say about the subject of manifesting is that the way that you actually manifest something is that you act as if you have already received it. That is the huge shift is that people think, oh, I'm going to call my shot. I'm going to ask for this thing. I'm going to create the vision board. And then I'm going to focus on it, focus on it, focus on it. But the problem is that in their focus, what they're accidentally doing is focusing on the lack of not having it. They're like, I'm trying to manifest, you know, my dream partner loves coming to me and I'm worthy of love and I want this person and I've done everything I can to prepare. They're like, 
saying all these things, but what they don't realize they're doing is accidentally obsessing over where where is he? Where is he? Where is she? Where is this person? Where is the love of my life? Where is where is my baby? Where is my dream job? Where is where 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 where? So what you're actually giving energy and vibration to is the lack of what you want. So you keep putting power and energy into not having the thing instead of attracting the thing. Manifesting says you do not attract what you want. You attract what you are. You attract at the level of the vibration that you are putting out. So if you're hoping for, dreaming for, wanting a certain thing, all the masters say, you have to act as if it is already yours. Go through life as if your blessings are already covered, as if your bills are already paid, as if the opportunities are already showing up. That's what attracts more to your life. It's a really hard practice to get a hold of. I think like the most basic level, if you've never done this before, start with just calling your shot. Start with knowing what it is you want. Start with being crystal clear to God, the universe, whatever you believe in. This is the thing that I want to attract to my life. Be detailed, be specific. This is where imagination comes into play. This is where guided meditations are really powerful. Just obsess over what it is you want so it is crystal clear in your mind. There is no confusion for me and the universe of a very specific project that I am manifesting. I have mapped it out. I've seen it. I've thought about it from every different angle. And then I found one image of this thing. If this image were made manifest, then this thing would come true. And it just so happens that the meeting I had this morning is about this thing. And I'm not even just getting the meeting is I just made I just said fuge because I was trying not to say fucking huge. I'll just say fucking huge. It was fuge. Just getting the meeting. And Everything about this meeting, the meeting kept shifting. It changed days. And I sort of would start to be like, oh gosh, maybe it's not going to happen. And then it changed locations and like, where is it happening? Whatever. And then I was walking to the meeting today and I was like, I can't believe that I'm having this meeting. Just that is a dream come true to my 20-year-old self. Like the fucking gratitude that I felt just walking. I'll just tell you, I was on a back lot here, like a studio lot. And I was walking to this meeting. And I know this is like, I'm putting a monocle on if you can't see me. My friends and I, for the longest time, like we put a monocle on if you're saying something so fancy that you basically sound like a douchebag. I'm giving myself a monocle right now. But if you grew up loving movies or you love movies and you've ever gotten to go to a studio backlot, Disney, Paramount, Fox, Sony, whatever, it is impossible. I don't care how long you have gotten to do cool stuff. 
if you're walking across the studio back lot, it's freaking magic. It's magical. When you work in an industry where you understand how many freaking things would have had to align so perfectly in order for the magic of that movie to be made, those actors, that producer, that director, that writer, all had to come together, it all had to work out, the timing had to be there, the money had to be there, all of those things had to align so that you and I can love the movies that we love. That's magic. So getting to go on a studio back lot and there's all these like sound stages and you see movie posters of things that were made there and just the history of these places which have been here forever. I was like, I cannot believe that I'm just getting to walk here unescorted just walk into a meeting and it's so crazy because when I left I was driving back to my hotel I drove by this craptastic subway that I used to get lunch from when I was an assistant a million years ago in LA I would get lunch from this subway if I had money. If I had money. Most of the time, I was just trying to have gas money and I was like eating the free bagels that they gave us at work. Like I did not have money for Subway, but every once in a while, I would have a little extra and I could get lunch at Subway. And same Subway, same spot, same crappy parking lot, same dirty, you know, the whole thing. And I was like, just having this fully present moment of awareness that I had just left this meeting that I had been manifesting for a while. And I'm looking at the memory of 20 years ago, hoping that I could afford a six inch tuna sandwich. It's wild. But like I said to you earlier, life is long. This is a long life. I think that's probably why the concept of manifestation also rings so true for me is because I don't put time limits on things. I don't put pressure on the dream that it has to come true now, that it has to happen today, that I've got to have this thing because some things happen so much faster than you think they will. And some things take way longer. But if I had let go of the dream or believe the dream wasn't for me or believe that that couldn't be mine simply because it wasn't happening in a time frame I would have preferred, most of the things that I've experienced success with would never have happened. So acting as if for me, has always been about the visualization of what that's going to look like and what that's going to feel like. When I was a little girl, imagining, you know, someday I'm going to live, oh, this is me, like my parents are screaming and things are scary out in the front room. And I'm literally, because I was little and I didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about, but I was like, I'm going to live in a mansion. I'm going to live in a mansion in Hollywood and I'm going to marry Matt Damon and I'm going to have this life and I'm going to drive this car. And I would watch like 
I think E at the time had Stars Homes or something and I would watch that show and I would watch Cribs and I would I literally would feed myself with visual information of what this lifestyle was going to look like because in my brain and maybe this will only make sense if you've ever lived in financial scarcity in my brain I thought well if I if I had enough money to live in a Hollywood mansion then I would be safe right then I wouldn't be in this house where these people are screaming then I would be in control then I would be safe so it wasn't about the money it was about what the money represented to me and that visualization I just would obsess over it. I would obsess, obsess. It was just like I would live in that thought process. And I don't know how to explain this. I could feel what it would feel like. I, I, would, I would feel happier. I would feel energized. I would feel that feeling. And even today when I was walking into this meeting, I was like, this is already mine. This is, this is already mine. This is my thing. This is my opportunity to lose and I'm not going to lose it. So this thing, I don't know when I'm like little mermaid. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know something starting right now. This thing is going to be my thing. Maybe it's not going to be my thing for a decade more. I have learned over time that like you plant a seed and you're like, this is it. This is the seed. The oak tree shall bloom into fruition. And then sometimes it takes like another 10 years. I'm certain that like the masters would tell you there are faster ways to do it. But I'm just telling you what has worked for me. And that is embodying that feeling of gratitude. I found this is especially true when it comes to financial worries because I've been inside of financial scarcity so many times and worrying about money or wondering where it's coming from or obsessing about the lack of it. My whole life from the time I was a little kid to my early adult life, throughout my adult life, post-divorce, all of those things, when I am focused on the scarcity surrounding finances, it only... Number one, it only makes my fear way more violent and it just makes my decisions worse. It makes me choose things out of fear instead of wise choices. And so what I have trained myself to do, and it really is a training and has made such a difference and you will never convince me, I said this on a recent episode, you will never convince me that an abundance mindset around finances isn't a huge piece of being able to get yourself out of debt. And it's hard because when you're looking at a bank account or when you're looking at debt or money that you owe or, you know, I think of years ago having my phone shut off, you know, your car is going to get collected you don't have gas money to get to work. Like I've been in all of those places before. If you had told 20-year-old me that I needed to act as if all my needs were met and all my bills were paid, I would have laughed at you. 
But I can so easily understand now with more time and more wisdom that I was always safe. If my car had been repossessed, if my phone had gotten turned off, it did. All of those things are fixable. I had friends who loved me. I had family who loved me. I had resources. I had options. I always had a job. Sometimes I had three jobs. But I couldn't see because I was looking at worldly things and trying to check a worldly box on what I thought I needed in order to survive. I I saw a study recently that said they asked people who made like $100,000 a year or more what they would need to feel financially secure. And every single person, whether they had $150,000 a year or $10 million, every single person basically said that they would need two to three times what they currently had, and then they would feel financially stable. The truth is, I have felt more financially insecure hitting millionaire status than I ever did when I was living in a one-room apartment and my phone was getting shut off. You think that when you get to a certain amount of money, that's going to be the solution. But when I got to a certain amount of money, suddenly I had employees and all of these things, all of these responsibilities and kids and a family that were counting on me. I felt way more fearful when I had a lot of money than when I had a little. It's not even about the money because ultimately the question is, are we safe? Are we okay? Do we have food? Do we have water? Do we have shelter? Are the kids okay? Are we... It's not to say that you are always going to be in a financial place that is how you want it to feel. But the fastest way I know to shift financial abundance is to understand that you're already in financial abundance. Again, there are people who are way smarter about this than I am. Highly recommend you read some books by Dr. Wayne Dyer, you look up the teachings of Abraham, you like there are people who talk about this with so much more wisdom than I am telling you. Because what actually happens is that you realize that you are loved and safe and secure and the universe has your back and everything's okay. And then you're no longer chasing the money. And that's when the floodgates open. Feels like it should be the opposite, but I swear that is what is true. So acting as if, act as if you already have the love of your life. Act as if you've got the dream job. Act as if, it doesn't mean you like make up lies or pretend or whatever, but you just like, what would it feel like to have that thing? What would it feel like to get to that level? And I always tell people, if you're like, well, Rach, I don't know what it would feel like because I haven't experienced being out of debt. Yes, but you've experienced some version of what does getting out of debt represent to you? Maybe it's a feeling of safety. Maybe it's a feeling of freedom. Maybe it's a feeling of joy. Maybe it's a feeling of getting to take care of other people that you love. Find a memory where you've got that kind of feeling, even if it's on a small scale, and just sit in that. Remember that moment. Practice the gratitude of like, yeah, I remember when I got a promotion at work and I was able to take my wife to a beautiful dinner at a fancy restaurant and we felt so cool and we had so much fun like sit in that memory go deep like get vivid in the detail what did it what did it smell like in that steakhouse what did it look like what did it feel like what was she wearing 
remember every single part of it and just allow yourself for 10 minutes or 15 minutes to just sit in the gratitude and the blessing of that experience, whatever it is. You know, when I was single and I was starting to think about dating again, I was not looking for love. I was like, never, never, never fuck these men. (laughs) I was just like, no, thank you. But I have the best girlfriends. I my my best friends are amazing and I was just having so much fun with my girls. We were like going on vacations and hanging out. We were just having the best time. And I've said this a thousand times, you will never convince me that I did not attract my partner because I was just constantly in this gratitude and this flow with these amazing friends and I accidentally attracted my partner who when I met him was just like my friend I literally met this man and I told Sammy and Beans I went to their house afterwards and I was like oh I just met our new best friend like I literally thought oh I just met this man who's just like gonna be part of our friend group because I was attracting these amazing friends because I was existing in the energy of how blessed I was to have these amazing friends so acting as if Even if you haven't experienced the thing that you want to experience yet, you can tap into the emotion of what that would feel like. Yeah, gratitude and appreciation are everything, literally everything. I saw this video the other day. It was an old video of Louise Hay, and she was talking about the law of attraction. And she said, you know, the universe is constantly giving you gifts. And how you respond to those gifts is how the universe determines whether or not to keep sending them. And maybe that gift is a rainbow or a puppy, a cup of coffee that the stranger in line in front of you buys just to be nice. Maybe the gift is you find $10 on the side of the road. Maybe the gift is a sweet note from your love. Maybe the gift is a job. Gifts come in all sorts of packages, but the universe, she said, is always sending them. And she said, imagine that someone in your life gave you a present. And when you open the present, all you did was complain. Oh, the color's wrong. This will never fit me. It's too scratchy. It's That person would never give you a gift again. She's like, the same is true for the universe. Are you even aware of all of the gifts that you're being given on a daily basis? Do you even take notice? Because why would God keep sending these good little moments to you when you have no appreciation for what is? When you're focusing exclusively on the bad stuff that's happening, you're just giving energy to more of that. I think that you get this, but I just want to make sure that you do. Every single day, bad things happen. And every single day, beautiful things happen. Every day, to every single person. There's good stuff. There's bad stuff. There's funny stuff. There's weird stuff. There's hard stuff. There's trauma. There's beauty. Somebody dies, a baby is born. Life 
is a balance of both of these things. In every single day, both are available to you. The question is which one do you choose to focus on? That's it. What do you choose to focus on? That is what determines what you see more of. On the simplest level, right? If I asked you to look around the room and count as many green things as you could see right now, right now, wherever you are, you're in your car, you're listening to this, you're watching as fast as you can, just that's green, that's green, that tree, that billboard, that roof, green, that green. You can see a lot of green things. Now, quick, same view, look for blue stuff. Well, that sign's blue, that sign's blue, that car is blue, the sky is blue, that's blue, that little piece is blue, right? When you were looking for green, you saw green because you were laser focused on finding something very specific. When I asked you to change and look for the color blue, certainly you saw pieces of blue you didn't notice the first time around. What you focus on is what you create. This world, you know, we joke around like, you've seen that stuff about, oh, this is a matrix, this is a simulation, this is, I don't know what is true. But I do know that this life we're living is a creation of our design. We're working with something bigger than us to make every single day. And if you want to change this day, and if you want to change this year, and more importantly, if you want to change your ability to enjoy it, to live in a state of abundance, to live in a state of gratitude, it starts with your mindset. It starts with a shift in how you look at the world because how you look at the world makes your world, period. And like I said, I challenge you to this week, just try one. Try seeing how life is for you not happening to you, but happening for you. Look at past experiences and see, were any of these actually something where I was being guided, where I thought that everything was falling apart, but it was really falling together? Try the lucky girl, the lucky person, the lucky guy, like go through your week and go, I'm so freaking lucky. I bet with my luck, I'm gonna find a parking spot right out front. I bet with my luck, someone's gonna like buy me a coffee. When I did this episode, 222. If you want to go back and listen, the challenge I did was the $10 challenge. I challenge listeners to find $10 this week. I know it sounds weird, but it works. Like if you set out and ever you're like, I'm the universe is sending me $10. God's sending me $10. I'm going to find $10, $10, $10, $10, $10. The freaking voicemails that I got on the podcast hotline from people who were like, holy crap this works. They were finding $10 on the side of the road. They were having people send them a $10 gift card. They were getting $10 rebates. They were the person in line in front of them at Starbucks drive-thru gifted them, just said, hey, I'm going to buy coffee for the person behind me. And lo and behold, the total was $10. Like they got a $10. They found it in a bunch of different ways. People were flabbergasted. And the key is when the universe, because she will, when she starts to show up for you, when she starts to try and signal to you that this is a creation that you and she are working on together, notice it, acknowledge it, feel gratitude for it. So practice being lucky this week, this month, and see what happens. Lastly, act as if 
If you want to manifest so fast, act as if the thing that you desire is already yours because everything you need already is yours. That's the joke of all of this is that we chase these external things. You start in the process of wanting to manifest because you want to manifest something externally. And the more work you do, the more you understand that you really didn't need any of those things because you have everything that you need already in you. So let's start with this. Guys, I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope you got a little wisdom out of it or something that you enjoyed. If you dig it, please help me get the word out. Will you send this podcast episode to someone you love? If you're watching on YouTube, will you subscribe to the channel, give it a like, send it to somebody that you dig, and I'll be back soon with more conversation. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.